Good afternoon and welcome to another fantastic, exciting, and amazing episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so excited to be with you guys today. We have another humdinger for you. And I think this is going to be our first one, our first Joni Crawford. <laughs> Lucille Lasseur. A.K.A. Joan Crawford, A.K.A. Mommy Dearest. And I don't care for those of you who did not like that movie and, you know, think that was straight from hell. I love that movie. I stop. Every every time it comes on Georgia, I look at it. So anyway, Joan <laughs> Crawford. I love Joan Crawford, so I don't care. But uh, yes, we have our first Joan Crawford. I really am excited. I don't know what took us this long. You know, we had to work our way to her. But yeah, Joan Crawford in Georgia. What's our movie? Harriet Craig. Harriet Craig. Look what we start off with, man. We start off with, in my opinion, creme de la creme. This is one of one of her best performances, in my opinion. What do you think, Georgia? I think it's classic Joan Crawford. Mm -hmm. um, I think she is perfect in this role and the supporting cast is great as well but you know it's so compelling when you when you look at this movie i mean this is so such a it's camp but it's good camp oh you thought um, it was camp i think it was i camp. thought it was a little bit yeah really? a little huh. bit but it's good but it's okay. good but you know um she was and, and this isn't trivia but you know I thought that she gave such a riveting performance and it was a tough year, 1950 when this movie came out because it also was the same year that uh, all about Eve and sunset Boulevard came out. Oh, and I think that if there Lord wasn't so much going on that year, I think this movie would have gotten more recognition. Oh yeah. Yeah. It got lost. It got lost. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, we saw it on TCM shout out to Turner classic movies. They had a little Joan, uh, Joan Rivers, love Joan Rivers too. Um, had a Joan Crawford, uh, little mini festival a couple of, uh, like maybe last month sometime. And so we, like I said, we have to work our way around to movies when, when we schedule them. And so, uh, and shout out to the Joan Crawford, uh, we're part of the fan page, our way of living. And I am so sorry if I messed it up. Our way of living or our way of loving Joan Crawford. Shout out to that fan group on Facebook. It's a private group. They were gracious enough to let How Betty Davis Saved My Life join, even though Betty Davis and Joan Crawford were like cats and dogs. But a uh, shout out to that group. It's a wonderful page. Go and visit them on their social media. They have a lot of beautiful pictures of Joan in her youth and all throughout her life. And they're really dedicated to her. So shout out to them. Um, so yeah, we saw it on Turner Classic Movies, and um, I'm gonna let Georgia take it away with some trivia. Sure thing. Um, you know, I think one of the things about this movie that is kind of uh, interesting is that the director Vincent Sherman, uh, she and oh uh, him had an affair. He was a married man at the time, 
And, uh, but that was not unusual right. <laughs> for the time. Um, but you know, uh, there are some things in this movie that really track with her real life because, yes. uh, in, in the movie, um, she talks about working in a long, in a laundry when she right. was young and in her own life, she also had to work in a laundry to help support her own family. And she hated it. Mm. And so, um, her adopted daughter, Christina, thought that uh, hating working in the laundry led to the wire hangers incident she describes Mm. in Mommy Dearest. Wow. And so they, yeah, they think that this is the thing that really parallels real life with her. Um, Now, this movie is a remake of a play that was written by George Kelly. Mm -hmm. George Kelly was a playwright who was actually Grace Kelly's uncle. Princess Grace of Monaco. Mm -hmm. That was her uncle, the one who wrote this play. Wow. And they did, they did, it was called Craig's Wife before they called it Harriet Craig. I saw that with Rosalind Russell, the movie. Yes, Rosalind Russell did it in 1936. And and coincidentally, the two of them were actually friends, Mm -hmm. she and Rosalind Russell. And uh, so this makes me really want to see the version with Rosalind Russell. It's it's a a tad bit different. Um, not, Not too much, but it's a tad bit, you know, for the times. Now, um... Originally, Joan Crawford declined the role when it was offered to her, and that was upon the advice of the director, Vincent Sherman. Um, she felt she he felt at the time she wasn't right for the part, but eventually, he did become director of the movie, and she was hoping to continue her success with another movie that she'd done with him called The Damned Don't Cry. Mm-hmm. So she changed her mind, and then she signed on to star in it. So. Um, the actress who had the role when um, Joan Crawford rejected it was Margaret Sullivan. And so she oh, was no. assigned to another project. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, no, no man. Yeah. yeah. I don't, so, I don't I mean, like her. Sorry, Margaret Sullivan fans. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, the director... Um, saw similarities between Harriet Craig and Joan Crawford. Mm -hmm. And this is what he says. I'm going to read you what he says in his 1996 autobiography. I realized in many ways she was the embodiment of Harriet Craig in her obsessive attitude toward her home, her distrust of men, and her desire to control, Mm -hmm. her power of manipulation, and her concept of the proper way for a man to behave towards his wife. And um, so I thought, wow, what a thing for him to say uh, <laughs> about her and her role in this movie. Mm-hmm. And some people said, you know, she's just kind of like, she's not acting, she's playing herself. Yeah. And at one point, she kind of alluded to that um, mm. herself. Um, and here's another little bit of trivia, okay? Um I can't remember exactly how many times she was married. Her first husband was Douglas Fairbanks Jr. And her second husband was the actor, Francho Tone. And as everybody knows, she and Betty Davis had this big ongoing feud. And at one point they were competing for her second husband, Francho Tone. And uh, so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) so anyway yeah we all know about that rivalry yeah uh, the stuff that yeah they made a movie out of it and of course you know well well, Betty Davis and Vincent Sherman they got down 
I think. Uh, it, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, wasn't he the one? Was he the one married to Miriam Hopkins? Ooh, I don't know. I hope I'm not because she Miriam Hopkins. That's how she and Betty Davis hated each other. Uh, because I don't know who it was, but if it was. You know, whoever it was, but it was, I think it was a Hollywood director. But yeah, Betty, those women was look, ain't nothing new under the sun. The women were wild then, they're wild now. It's just the fact that ain't nobody trying to cover it up and ain't nobody got no shame anymore. That's that's the thing. But yeah, man, go ahead on with all that. Women always been wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have been. Well, you know, one of the things that I liked about this movie was um, the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, besides Joan Crawford in the leading role of Harriet Craig, you had her husband played by Wendell Corey. Mm -hmm. And there are some really remarkable performances by um, Lucille Watson and also yes. Viola Roach. Mm -hmm. And um, Lucille Watson plays the boss's wife, Celia yes. Fenwick, and Viola Roach plays the uh, maid who's been there since uh, wow. her husband was, you know, a, a young boy living in the house, and she plays Mrs. Harold. Yeah, Joan Crawford's husband, uh, yeah, since he was born. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so just to give you just a very... I'm just going to give you like a two sentence um, just about the, a summary. The This movie is about a wife who is a perfectionistic control freak. And she dominates and manipulates not only her family, but her whole, her house, her household. And so this movie is delicious and fun because you are so riveted as to what lengths she'll go to in her scheming and conniving. So it's fascinating and yeah, it's fun, but you, it's just full on Joan Crawford. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, she was playing herself because the legend of Joan Crawford totally fits into this. Now, what I found shocking because of course this is uh, after pre-code. Okay. So now they're trying to enforce the Hayes code or, you know, whatever. Um, the amount of sexual innu innuendo in this movie was quite breathtaking. Clutch the pearls, Georgia. Yeah, I I was shocked and titillated by yeah. it all that they got away, uh, and, and they let you know that this couple was very sexual. Uh, the and they and they let you know, and they, and they couldn't hide it. Uh, and this was a prize-winning play, uh, by the way. Wasn't this a Pulitzer Prize-winning play? Or this was this was this play was hi uh, highly lauded. Um, if it wasn't a Pulitzer, it, it won some. It more. was it was a Pulitzer. Yeah. It, it, it was it was a nineteen twenty-five Pulitzer Prize-winning play. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, You're and, right. And so uh, I don't and I don't recall that much sexual innuendo in Craig's wife. It's been so long since I've seen it with the Roz Russell joint. But anyway, um, it was obvious that these people had sex and sex was a huge part of their relationship. And it was very obvious that this man was sexually manipulated by this woman. How they said, oh, Jezebel. <laughs> she was, you know, and um, and right out right out the bat, Mrs. Harold, I think that's the um 
land the the housekeeper and ellen corbin you'll recognize her as as grandma from the walton she had success very later on in life she played uh the other she was the cook um in the story but anyway that's a little trivia anyway it they did right out right in the beginning of the movie the the housekeeper mrs yeah. Lo, mrs harrell said well how do you think she got him you know <laughs> when she was talking to the cook they were on a stair staircase and the lady and the lady said i don't uh, the cook said i don't know how you know she got a man like that or something whatever and Ms., mrs harrell said how do you think she got him? and i almost fell out of my chair when she said that because it was just so blatant and so it, so as in the audience you are already prepared they're already setting the stage and the the foundation of these people's relationship and georgia you know we're not going to give too much away we're not going to give the ending away or i don't know this this one might be worth spoiling georgia i don't know but um before i go on my tangent what do you want to say about this relationship You know, I think that everybody knows somebody who's in a relationship like this. I yeah. thought that's what made it really very um, fierce and chilling the way she plays it. Because I thought, you know, there's we all know like a man who is just a little bit um, henpecked, for lack of a better word, or mm -hmm. controlled, or the man, or the woman, where, or, right. you'll, you know, people will say, oh, yeah, we know where's the pants of the family, you know, the woman. <laughs> right. But, but I think that's really the thing about this relationship, and you watch him, you go, how come he, he's a smart man, he's an engineer, how come he's not picking up on this? And so, after a while, you know, I mean, I don't want to say anything further, because I don't want to spoil it for our, our listeners, but, um, I thought, yes, you do see very early on. And I, like you, I was shocked that it got by the censors because there's a couple of allusions to how she exerts her power and control over him. But, you know, from her way of thinking, it's like, well, I'm just giving him, you know, what, you know, he wants, you know, mm -hmm. I'm giving him a wonderful home. I'm maintaining it well. I'm beautiful. I'm glamorous. I'm desirable and all this kind of a thing. But so from her way of look, from her viewpoint, you know, she thinks she's the perfect wife. Yeah. But, but you look at the way this is done, you know, the things that uh, she's, that she's doing. And it's so, at times it's very subtle, but at other times it's just huge what she's doing. It's to the point of like, she's, sabotaging i mean it's, it's sabotage really is the way i see it um did you agree but, no go ahead and i'll ask you a question oh that's all right um but you know the thing that that uh i, I was gonna say about we all know somebody who's kind of like joan crawford is mm -hmm. she's like she cuts him off from his friends and his interests in order to control him and i think mm -hmm. that's that's you know that's what's going on here in the movie and that's their relationship and he's not really seeing it. Um, mm -hmm. But she's saying um, that, you know, the man shouldn't control everything. And, um, and of course, you know, the, like you said, the housekeeper's wondering, like, how could the two of them have gotten together? Um, and so, 
you know, there you get you get the answer. You get the inkling of like why mm-hmm. you know why that's happening. Um, so, um, I I just felt like this movie. Yes, it's kind of dated. It's kind of like a time capsule from about that era, 1950. But I was wondering how this movie and this relationship would have played to an audience in the 50s. You know, where women were you know, more often housewives and their home and their children were their, that was their career. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, what if she had channeled this, um, uh, her intelligence and her drive into something other than her house? You know, what if she'd been like involved in a business? I, I don't know. I wondered about that when I was watching this movie. That's so interesting. You said that a couple of things real quick at the end, Joan Crawford, Everybody's is all out in the open. As a great old blues song is all out in the open. Um, I I don't know who sings it, but anyway, all the cards are on the table. Everybody's clear on who everybody is now, <laughs> okay? And Joan Crawford makes this man she this manifesto about a relationship. I mean, what a marriage is. Uh, she said. You, you, uh, she says she kept her end of the bargain. She says that a little bit earlier. And the guy's like, bargain? I I didn't think, you know, this was a bargain. And, um, and that, like, towards the end, uh, she lays out what her role is, what his role is, and he's sitting there shocked. Look, I'm gonna just say this. The, the woman, Joan Crawford is not a spoiler, gets found out in several heinous lies. She blocks her husband's uh, upward mobility in his job to the point where she goes to the boss and paints him as incompetent and almost uh, almost criminally incompetent, okay? And gets stops him from getting get, doing what he needs to do on the job, what he wants to do on a job, all, all in the name of control. She was a master manipulator, okay? Um, s- several lies, I mean, big lies, lying about, not be able to have kids and uh who wants kids who didn't want kids. I mean just you gotta see it. I'm not me telling you this is doing absolutely nothing. Please see this movie, Harry Craig. And because Georgia you said something, will it stand the test of time or you know what 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 have you in that vein? I am a huge proponent of men's rights, the manosphere red pill not the extreme stuff shout out to kevin samuels dr uh boa o'shea duke jackson the red pill think before you sleep and these are all uh men standing up for men and getting women to see that you are not all that you are not some queen prize that society has led you to believe with this extreme feminism and that we are all human beings. We're all God's creation. And if we don't stop fighting each other with these fantasies and listening to these outside voices of how you think you should be, we're doomed. And I think every woman, married or not, should look at Harriet Craig because the Bible says a foolish woman tears down her own house with her own hands. And that's what this woman did. This guy, her husband, I'm, I, what was his name? Oh, well, I can't remember his first name. But anyway, 
great guy. See, and what I love about this story was so brutally honest and it can stand a test of time, um, Georgia, because this guy was a bachelor. He was like in his 30s. They had been married four years. This guy was a bachelor. He, he had no reason to get married unless what? To have kids. And this yeah. broad lied to him and told him she could not get pregnant. If you blindfolded somebody and took out the music and just say, listen to this, this is a movie. Now, then you, then you ask them at the end, what year was this movie made? You know, you, you could sweeten the audio and they would say, I, I don't know. They would not say the 1950s because this foolishness is happening today. And yeah. every... Uh, and, and women on college campuses, feminists, women, whoever. But I think every woman, period, needs to see, you can see, look at Craig's wife, the original, and then look at Harriet Craig. Because, and Georgia, I, I wanted to say, so I did ask you a question. Did you agree with, and, and, and I'm not asking you, you know, you're not Georgia and I, we don't have to always agree with each other. But when, when uh, Harriet Craig laid out what marriage was, and why she got married and what did you think about that her statement like towards the end of the movie i think that may have been more true um in decades past about a woman maybe seeking uh security in a home and somebody to support her and in exchange she felt like well i'm going to you know raise children and i'm going to provide, you know, a home and those sorts of things. Maybe that was the way women looked at it back then because they felt they had fewer choices. You know, they didn't feel they were self-supporting and, and, and all. And so it was a very different time because that was what you did. You finished school, you got married, you had kids, and that was the template for everybody. So um, I think that that must have been kind of shook some women up because it made them re-examine their own marriages and like, what? why am I married? What am I getting out of this? What is the whole goal of it? I mean, and, and so nowadays I, I look at it and I go, well, that's so interesting as to the whole viewpoint back then about men's and women's roles were so different. Nowadays, you know, we don't think of marriage that way because I truly believe that in this day and age, Men and women, they want a partner. They want somebody who's equal. They don't want a so-called bargain. They don't want, I, I don't think that's in the equation. I think it's different. I think people um, are married and they get together out of, uh, I hope, because of mutual love and respect, the same values, the same goals. I think that it has nothing to do with security as much i don't think it, it, it she felt like well you know my looks did you notice like one of the things in the movie that she had that party mm -hmm. where everybody she invited was like way way older right so she would look like the glamour queen that's what i thought you right you know? you but anyway on. yeah i didn't even think about it like that but yeah you spot on mm -hmm. so um i i think that then it was more of a i mean unconsciously or consciously, I think that there was a little bit of a trade-off, but I think in, now we're a little bit more enlightened about the whole idea of it. People get together because 
you know, they mutually enjoy each other's company. And I don't think that it's all about a trade-off or a bargain, as she referred to in the movie. Well, let me ask you this. So do you think, so what is a man's role as a husband, in your opinion? Wow, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I like the fact that you have somebody in your corner, you know, a strength and support, you know, a companion, the companionship, you know, you just mutually, you just want to be around each other all the time. I, I think that's probably, you know, I think maybe the role of a husband more so. I don't think of it as, um, like, I, I don't have a checklist like other women have. So is it not the non-traditional? So you would you would not be a non-traditional person like uh, security and provision? Not at all, because okay. I think I bring something to the table myself. I think that, you know, I'm uh, an independent, strong person on my own. I don't feel like that is a big priority to me. Okay. Not at all. So what's the woman's role as a wife? Wow. I think in many ways, kind of the same. I think that she um, is there to support and nurture and love and uh, be a companion. Uh, and I I just think that men want to have like a person who's strong and independent. Uh, just I think it's the same way. I, I think that their roles are kind of very much the same, I think. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. Okay. Um, and again, shout out to Kevin Samuels and, and y'all go check out his, his, his stuff on, uh, YouTube and social media and other guys in a manosphere, not the extremists cause some of them are, are pigs and they're really bitter, but the ones that fact that show facts and state facts, data and statistics, um, about actual who's married and who's not. And it's a lot of it, Kevin Samuels and, and uh, Dr. B.O.A., um, you know, it's from the black community, but, um, you know, you, it can transfer across cultures, but unfortunately black women, um, we are the most unmarried, uh, only a quarter of us will get married. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am married. I've been, um, I've been a, I'm a veteran, not like Georgia, uh, about 21 years. And, um, I respectfully disagree with about 98% of what you said, because, the woman, you know, from a biblical perspective, all she's supposed to be to a man is his helpmate. She is supposed to help him. And the man, and the woman is commanded in the Bible to respect her man. That says not, not love him, respect him. And under that respect is, is, is help. And the, and the man and in God's hierarchy. So any atheists or feminazis put your fingers in your ears and don't listen to us anymore we cool it's all right um the man is the head of the household and he is the leader and in the bible the man, the, the man is given seven things to do and one of them is to lay down his life like christ laid down his life for the church so your man is supposed so he is supposed to protect you he is supposed to provide security and back to the movie, this, that, well, that's why I can't, I, I love this movie because I can't believe it. Hollywood fell bass actors into pure truth because she got to come up. 
we have some superstars in Hollywood right now. And I don't want to date our video, but there is a, it's a black couple. And the guy is a superstar. Met $20 million a picture. And the, the wife, she got to come up marrying him. And she's dogging him out in the media right now, okay? I mean, putting all their business in the street, as they say. But, you know, I ain't going to say who it is. It's not a, it's not a secret, but I don't want to date this video. Because about time, this video could be 10 years old and some... Foolish woman going to be still doing the same dumb stuff. But Harriet could not respect. She got to come up. Even if you hated this dude on bare respect alone. But she thought she was the prize, Georgia. Ma'am, you you're a laundress. And I think she said she might have worked in a bank or whatever. But you didn't own a bank. This dude was on the way up. Gave you a come up with your old self. Because she's she was on the wrong side of 30. Okay, so the minimum you could have did was gave this dude a baby, but you lied your way out. And I, I have people in my family played this exact same game. So you're right. She couldn't even respect this dude just on that. And me personally, I'm only speaking for me. My husband, you damn right. When that bump in the night come out, no, bro, I want you to handle that. In the streets, if somebody acting crazy with me, I want you to handle that. Can I handle it? I might, maybe I can, but. I ain't that big, you know, I, I'm, I need to lose some pounds, but I mean, I'm not no man. That's what I'm trying to say. So I want my man to handle it. The money, you better bring in, in the money. I don't care if I'm making a hundred mil. Your money is, you You can't lay on your behind. Now, if that's the deal we struck. We struck. Now, a lot of people, couple strike that deal, but that's not going to work because you're out of order. The man is supposed to protect and provide for the woman. Now, back to your point, I see where you're coming from from that with George. And if you and whoever you with, and if y'all cool like that and it's perfect, I have that's none of my business. But I'm just saying that because I look at a lot of YouTube with the manosphere and with women and men relationships. You know what how how women when they feel like that? Because when I was young, you know, you're invincible. You know, you got you in college, you're gonna have this big career. But girl, unfortunately, when they get on that road, they hit that wall. And if they're not married by 25 or up, like, shout out to Kevin Samuels. Hey, get a dog and, and die alone. Uh, and I'm quoting him because what they call your sexual value marketplace goes down. You're hitting menopause. You can't breathe. And what do men want when they marry you? They want a wife and a mother to their child. And you're supposed to work together with the man taking the lead. And so Harriet... She she talked all that, but didn't she stay in that man's house? And she talked all that, and he, he said, I will, he said, you can have this house, and I'm going to take care. He said, I won't be here. So she revealed, she just wanted that house. And that wasn't even their house. That was his house. He could throw her out of that house. That is not her house. So, ma'am, you could live in it, but you're going to be alone in it because she ran, she ran the, the cousin away. She ran all the service away. And last but not least, because we're, we're right up on it. These type of women, Georgia, because you know them and I know them. You're too old. She's going to get a young buck who's going to suck all the money dry out her bank, all the alimony, and try to run him. And he's going to live in that house and he's going to smoke weed, play video games. She ain't going to tell him a blessed thing. And she's going to go through a bunch of them. They're going to take all her money and she's going to be old, dried up, prune, her and her five dogs, eating her alive. So we've seen, so they should have showed Harriet Craig part two.
you know, <laughs> but I just gave you Harriet Craig. It's called Hag Haggatha Craig. Yo, Hag. That's part two. But I digress. So like I said, to each his own, do whatever you want. But these women now who our age and older Georgia, they're realizing they, they screwed up in their youth. They was like, I don't need no man. I'm strong, independent. And when you get them and them bills start coming through or Hurricane Ida or Harvey come through and you got to do this on your own. They're like, man, I can't. I had a friend say, I can't believe I'm doing this on my own. Well, ma'am. Well, ma'am. That's a, that's you, you. You ain't need no man. I need a man. I want a man. I'm going to keep mine. Unless God, as long as God keep his eyes open and thank God if he close them, I got enough money. I'll be all right. But nah, bro, I, I respect men. I love men. Men are so easy. Men just want full respect and, and some peace and not necessarily in that order, you know. So if you can't give a man that, ma'am, you can't give him that because you don't respect yourself and you don't have peace. And go go buy a cookbook. Go look at you look at YouTube to see how to put all that ugly hair and makeup on yourself. Go learn how to ball an egg. You know, go cut it on for that. You know, but anyway, I'm sorry, guys. But so you can see George and I kind of respectfully disagree. Please look at Harriet Craig. Tell us what you think. Don't forget we're on Facebook. Uh, tell us what you have to say in the comments. We we really want to hear what you have to say. Please look at this movie first. I don't know where you can look at it. We have to do a better job about projecting what's on TV. I don't know where they could go find it. I don't know. I'm so we're sorry. But if you've seen it, let us know what you think. George, I'm gonna give you the last word. Well, I wanted to also say that this wardrobe she had wow. was something else about her character. Because if you look where the way she dresses, it's almost like in a way she has uniform or she's encased in the outfit there are times when she's wearing like sharp lapels or there's like a flame thing mm -hmm. a, a design on the front and she's like it, it, one point to me she looks almost like a vulture or something <laughs> it, She was really uh, good in this. Oh my gosh, is she ever? I mean, 
you know, the sociopathic woman, she has to be the center of attention. Right. Uh, nobody plays crazy like Joan Crawford. I, I mean, don't think she was crazy. See, I, I, it's so easy to dismiss people like that. No, she was very calculating, very manipulative, yes. but she was not crazy. And we're leaving out yes. a part about the, the mother which kind of sort of didn't really matter to me in the movie. Um, I, it, it, I see why they put it in there because I think that she didn't want to wind up like her mom. And she spoke about that in the movie, the character did. Um, but yeah, ain't nothing was wrong. Ain't a blessed thing wrong with these women. These women know just what they're doing, but they, they, they so smart. They think they're the smartest people in the room and they're stupid. And they, they don't get anything. You're so smart, but you're not smart enough. You couldn't gorilla glue that man to you, ma'am. So you could get him, but you can't keep him. You couldn't crazy glue him to you. So no, see, go back to school, honey, and learn some more. No, no, ma'am. But there ain't no wrong with her. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Because, <laughs> you have to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought, you know, this was such, um, you know, she had such a, a, a resilient career because a lot like Betty Davis, she would have to, you know, go back and, you know, try and make herself relevant. And, mm -hmm. you know, she started out in her career by she was had this, she played a, like a flapper and then right. she went on to these roles as a working girl. And then she would do, do these like glamour queens where she was wearing these big furs and all that and mm -hmm. then she would do these steely against all odds survivor types and right. then she got even fiercer in her roles and and i don't know to me like when i was a little kid i i saw like uh her in straight jacket mm -hmm. and the other roles that she did and she would scare me yeah yeah <laughs> Right. When I was a little kid, I mean, she did. Well, yeah, she had transformed into a female gargoyle. She was hideous. I never thought she was that pretty. Sorry, Joan Crawford fans. I don't think she was. I, 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 my opinion, I never thought she was that pretty. And the older she got, with all that smoking and drinking and hoeing, I mean, I'm sorry, sleeping around. Let me clean up my line. Um, you know, <laughs> look, look, man. Again, you're not a man. Men, and it's not right for anybody to do it. But women ain't built for that. And so, and time is not on our side, man. I don't care. Even today, you can get it filled, tucked, sucked. It doesn't matter. You're st the father time, undefeated. Wall, undefeated. Men, yeah, they can get away to get, get away with it a little better. But yeah, it's about time she she looked really haggardly, and she died alone. All that she died almost a pauper's type death, and she died alone. You know, so it's sad. Talk about John Crawford in real life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, she was, you know, this movie star persona. And in fact, the guy that worked outside her uh, place where she lived, this big, you know, place with all these, you know, apartments in it or whatever, he mm -hmm. said that she... Even when she was like doing something like taking out the trash, she had to dress up in the full Joan Crawford persona with mm -hmm. the hair and the makeup and the clothes and everything. I mean, she was just she felt like she had to do that for her fans yeah, and for everybody. Armor. Yeah. And, and, and exactly. low self-esteem. I mean, today women are putting on their armor, they wearing these Rapunzel-like hair, hair extensions. And he's dragging claws and he's putting these tarantulas on their eyes and a pound of makeup. 
and they giving RuPaul a run for his money. I mean, I. You know, <laughs> how about you? Men don't really dig that for one thing, and to me, it shows low self esteem because the, what about you? You don't want us to see, you know. And, and true enough, John Crawford was a star, or whatever like that. You know, I get that. But ma'am, you're old broad. Like you, you can't. Nobody, you know. Okay, you drunk, but just don't. You don't have to do that. Is what I'm trying to say. Why are you doing that? But hey, that's you. Well, Moy, I think we did justice to Harriet Craig, and I have to say, I really want to see Craig's wife now with Rosalind Russell. I really yeah. want to compare and contrast too, but because this is a a really I mean, this is such a resonant movie. I mean, everybody examines their role when they're in a relationship and you look at it, you know, after you see this movie, you think about it, you know, what is marriage, you know, what, you know, what does each person bring to it? Right. Just like you out so well. And if you happen to uh, have your own comments about this movie, your own take on it, please let Moy and I know what you think. Absolutely. Respond. Yeah, yeah, you know, get on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think about this. Yes, How Betty Davis Saved My Life on Facebook. Let us know what you think. And don't forget, we're on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, and uh, uh, Castos. So, yeah, let us know what you think, guys. We totally appreciate you. We look forward to being with you again. Um, Georgia, is there anything else we, you want to say or we're leaving out? No, sweetie, it's a wrap for me. It's a wrap. Okay, guys, well, thank you again. We totally, totally appreciate you. And we're looking forward to another episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life. This was a real life lesson. This is one of our better life lessons. <laughs> Betty and Joan always give us, their movies always give us the best life lessons, man. Why don't they make movies like this anymore? I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. You guys take care. We'll see you next time.